This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek, show number 568 with guest Aaron Lawrence, recorded on March 30th, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guy.tv studios here in a spring is on its way, Bellevue, Nebraska. And of course, we post a show with world class show notes. And this week in particular, you're going to want to head out the Average Guy.tv slash HGG568. Aaron has given me some great notes and some great links, and you're going to want to follow out or follow her out to the site to get that done as well. Big thanks to Mike Weger, who was on last week. Aaron, he's like you now. He's a big deal. So he only comes on every, <laughs> you know. Every so know. often. Yeah, every well, so tell often. him I say hi next time you see him. It's it's I, so, I well, it's not, it's not weird anymore not seeing him as part of the broadcast, but right, it's certainly, right. certainly miss chatting with him. Well, he did a good show. We talked about some golf gadgets and we, we talked Ooh. a little bit about, is it time to upgrade? I've, uh, you know, I have iPhone 12 and a watch for. Is it time to upgrade? I'm certainly far enough away from both of those. So we had some mm-hmm. great conversations with him uh, last week about that. Um, and so big thanks to him. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. If you're finding value in the podcast and you want to give back, jump on the Patreon team, theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon. You've already heard from her, but she's back. One of my favorite episodes always. Aaron Lawrence is here. Aaron, welcome. Hello, Jim. Thank you for having me back. Always good to have you. You, I, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I, I kind of uh, follow you on YouTube because that's a great place to catch all your videos, keep up with you, see, you know, see what you're doing, and the gadgets are just keep coming. <laughs> I mean, the hits just, it's not stopping, right? You've been super busy. Technology does not stop. I think so many gadgets now are on that train where they're doing yearly iterations of things, so there's always something new coming out always a new version of the gadget and man, sometimes stuff I didn't even know existed or maybe has just come onto the scene. So it's never dull. It's a really fun job. We spent time. I mentioned it with Uyghur last week. I asked him, I have an iPhone 12, 14 is out, 15 is coming real quick. What's your advice? Do I wait right now to upgrade or do you think I'd go with the 14? What are your thoughts on, what would you advise me on right now? It's hard to say because, I mean, sometimes Apple does do that springtime drop, but, you know, it might end up being October, September, October. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think unless your phone is really killing you for some reason, unless it's really slow, you might as well wait at this point. You know, if your screen was smashed or your battery was dying after six hours, I'd say, you know what, just go for it because there's probably not going to be that much difference between, say, the 14 and the 15. But at this stage, you might as well wait and see if Apple has anything new for us. Good good advice. What about uh, from a watch perspective? I'm on the four. Eight is out. I'm on the four, too. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? Are you going to wait till it dies? I, or? I, I, well, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little sour on the Apple watch. The battery oh. life is, is really off-putting for me. I've been using Fitbits. I think I've tried everything since the first generation of Fitbits. So I find them really accurate. They're really useful. If you want something small and slim, I've got one on right now, the Inspire 3. 
Uh, if you want that smartwatch feature, you can get a full smartwatch. But the the battery life on the Apple drives me nuts. You can't get a full 24 hours out of it. So you've got to either sacrifice having it on during the day when you might be wanting to get your alerts or notifications, or you've got to take it off when you sleep and you're not going to get any of those sleep metrics. So that for me is really frustrating. And I'm kind of waiting for Apple to put on its big tech company pants and (laughs) put a real battery into one of these watches. And then I will definitely take another look. Do, Do you think it's the, you know, trying to have too powerful of features on a watch that just no matter how big the battery is, I mean, Windows has this problem, right? Every time they tried to scale Windows down to something smaller, it just just didn't do it. Do you think the iOS or the watch OS has that same problem? I don't know. I mean, I think there's features in a lot of these watches that most of the average people out there don't need. Like who needs a blood oxygen sensor, honestly? Like unless you're an elite athlete, there's really no point in having it. And they brought out that sort of newer version of the watch that is more geared towards people that need that rugged elite kind of Mm -hmm. gadget. So, I mean, if you want to reserve those kind of special features for something like that, and people want and can pay more for that and get shorter battery life, sure. But I think there's, there's probably too much going on. I think you've hit the nail on the head that there's too much going on for the average person. Most of us just want like, you know, a few days battery life and, yeah. and to get our text messages and everything yeah. else on the watch. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, Apple, Apple seems like it's come a long way from being a true innovator in my opinion. So, I mean, their products are still great. They still work seamlessly together and, you know, I own most of them, <laughs> but damn, I, I want them to be better at some things. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I We talked a little bit about that last week with you know, using it while you sleep or just during the day. And I kind of don't want it on my wrist at night. So I don't Mm. use the sleep features. I could put my phone in a sleep position if I wanted to, for it to listen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of those kinds of things, you know, for me snoring, I already know I snore. So I don't, I don't know (laughs) if I want my phone telling me that every, every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Ed Sullivan, who, you know, super famous, you recommend something, he buys it. Yes. Uh, last week, Uyghur <laughs> was talking about the eight, the, the Apple, you know, the Apple watch eight and Ed bought it after the show. And I was, and? I was a little bit like, well, he, he really likes it. I mean, he's so okay. far, I, I just, he had just bought it on, on Friday. I was talking to him on Sunday about it. So we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. I think I've decided I'm not going to replace it till it goes. Like it's yeah. fine just the way it is. I'll let it die. And then once it dies, or until you have a reason, yeah. like, I mean, if they brought out something that was, you know, seven day battery life. Okay. Now we're talking now that's a reason I think to want to upgrade to that. But you know, the thing about the watch is it's a great watch and it's, it's perfectly seamless, especially if you have an iPhone, there's really nothing better. Like none of the Fitbits as, as accurate as they are on the fitness side, none of them can beat that seamless connectivity between an iPhone and an Apple watch. So I do love it for that. But that's the battery life is what's holding me back. And until Apple delivers more for my substantial money that these watches cost, I'm I'm going to wait it out. Yeah, I never would have spent five hundred dollars on a regular watch, and you can get them. I mean, it's <laughs> right. not like you can. It's not like that's outrageous. Finding a five hundred dollar watch is actually pretty easy. I would yeah. never have before before these. No way. 
Are you kidding me? In no. fact, I used to hang out with a bunch of tech guys in the watches were the status symbol. Everybody tried to up one up each other with the watches, you know, kind of thing. And Definitely. I was never, I was never like, mm, no, no, no. Then the Apple watch came out and all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta have, I'll spend $500 on that. You yeah. know, and it's like, it's a little ridiculous. Well, uh, we got, I've got some, I've got some thinking to do about it. I think you're right. I will probably wait till it breaks or I have to, or a feature or something along those lines, uh, uh comes up. Well, let's talk mm-hmm. about what, let's talk a little bit about what's going on at tech gadgets, Canada. You've got some posts out, uh, and I will throw those in the chat, uh, as well as they'll be in the show notes. If anybody's listening to the audio, they can go uh, and get these. I've been spending some time last four weeks been I'm kind of back on intermittent fasting, trying to drop a few, try to lose a few of the pounds that I found uh, this winter (laughs) again. You know how that goes, right? Just give them back to whoever had them. (laughs) I I know. Couldn't you just keep them? Like (laughs) I tell people, but you've been working on, and this is something I've gone back and forth on, but a scale that's connected. Can you talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I... I was sort of looking around for some new things to review and I thought, you know, I haven't reviewed a smart scale in a while and I've had a Fitbit, um, Fitbit area two for a long time. And I thought, you know, that's pretty old by this point. So I wanted to see what else was out there. And one of the top rated smart scales on Amazon happens to be the Withings Body Plus. So I thought, all right. People seem to like it. You know, it gets really good ratings. It's a huge seller. So I'm going to give it a try. Now, I wasn't super keen on doing this in the first place because about four or five years ago, I reviewed another Withing scale and I didn't have the best time with it. It was a buggy interface. It was very difficult to set up. It didn't work very well. Um, It just wasn't a great experience. So I didn't give it a great review, but I thought, hey, you know, a lot of time has passed. I'm going to give Withings another try. So I ordered this smart scale from Amazon and it showed up and right out of the box, it was very troublesome to get set up. I ended up having to call tech support and I think I spent, you know, over an hour on the phone with tech support while they were trying to walk me through how to get this properly set up. And In the end, we got it set up, but then it wasn't taking measurements correctly and it wasn't recording the measurements in the app, which is sort of one of the key features of this, that you're supposed to be able to weigh yourself on the smart scale. It automatically sends all the data and your weight and your BMI and your water content and body fat and all that right to your phone. So super convenient when it works. So I spent... I spent more time fighting with this smart scale, the body plus than I did enjoying it and really using it and, and benefiting from it. So I, it's been a long time since I struggled with a product enough to say, don't buy it, Mm. but I, I can't recommend it. It's just, it's Mm. too much trouble, too much too much of a problem. And the fact that you've, you've got to spend, you know, an hour on, on the phone with customer service to get things going, just, just says to me that it's not, it's not for the average consumer. Mm-hmm. So that was really disappointing. Well, you know, it's, I think sometimes in this tech space, we think every review 
it's got to be a good review, right? And when I yeah when I when I saw you had reviewed this and you were like, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't think so. I was like, oh good, let's let's talk about that first because that's one of those things. I think we've in some areas in the tech space we've lost that. Like you mm-hmm. you just spent some time when we were thinking about the Apple Watch, you were like, nah, the battery doesn't work. You know, yeah. it's not working for me. I think we get some, some reviewers get on this hype cycle where they won't mm-hmm. really be honest, right? They're afraid the manufacturers won't send them anything again. And maybe that's true or not true. In your experience, mm-hmm. do you pay for this? Did they send it to you? Did you? No, did you I, I bought this on one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I bought this one and I'll do that with a lot of gadgets. Um, I do have companies that reach out to me and will ask me if I can review their products. And whatever the circumstances are for the review, I always say, I won't lie. And I won't like, I'm always going to give you my honest opinion. And if you want me to say something about this product, that's not true, I will absolutely not. So I'm pretty upfront with companies that, you know, you, you can send me something. Um, and I certainly appreciate not having to shell out for it myself sometimes, (laughs) but you can expect an honest review. And I know there have been companies where I'm I'm probably not getting sent something again, but you know that's that's part yeah, of yeah. the game. And yeah. and I think there was a period of time, Jim, where a lot of gadgets were coming out that a lot of tech companies were just really rushing to get stuff on the market and to be the first and to get their product out before their competitors. So we were seeing a lot of things coming out maybe five or eight years ago that weren't ready for market and they didn't work and they were difficult to set up and you did have to spend, you know, one or two hours on the phone with customer service. But I think, you know, in this review culture that we have in the social media culture where people's poor experiences go viral really quickly, I think companies learn that if your product isn't ready for prime time, you shouldn't be releasing it and you shouldn't be selling it to people. So those poor reviews happen a lot less these days than they did, you know, five or eight years ago. But I am always surprised when I get a product and it just doesn't live up to the most basic parameters of what a product should do. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe says uh, he's glad he dodged that one and didn't <laughs> buy it. He, he just picked up a Garmin scale. So, uh, you Oh, know. good. That's one I haven't checked out. I'll have to look at it. Yeah, maybe maybe good opportunity. We didn't buy. We bought a new scale. It's digital. You can it'll mm-hmm. track up to five people on the scale, um, but it's not connected to the phone. It's just a scale. Mm. Like you know, you just right. get on and it tells you your weight type deal. Yeah. And even during this this period that I'm doing intermittent fasting, however long it lasts, I I said to myself, I am not ever once gonna weigh myself because mm. that always. Like I get crazy about those numbers. Right. And right. then I start thinking about it too much where it just needs to become right. a kind of a lifestyle. How do I feel I comfortable? So. Do the pants fit? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so I've, I've, I've enjoyed this, this latest cycle and I'm on my fourth week of, of intermittent fasting has Good been way you. more successful than than in the past and i'm not thinking about it all the time right i'm not like yeah oh i'm down two pounds or oh i'm down 10 pounds right type deal so you might well, be onto something with the not weighing yourself yeah well just, i think there's just, you some, know with the watch too feel. and all those things right you know it's at some point it's kind of like hey my is this feeling good because that's mm-hmm. why we do it exactly apparently that's why we're supposed to be doing it so anyways 
Well, thanks for your thanks for your honest reviews on those. Uh, again, if you're new to the podcast, listen to it the first time. You can get all of Aaron's uh, reviews, techgadgetscanada.com, and uh, they're listed out there if you want to check that one out. Appreciate that. I am interested in this one, though. You did get an opportunity to try out a uh, smart, you know, Hamilton Beach Alexa smart kettle. That's a lot of words to put together. What what, what was that all about? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was an interesting one. They kind of reached sure. out to me out of the blue and said, you should try this product um, because I think they've been reading the blog and watching the YouTube channel and have seen that I've tried a ton of Alexa smart home devices. So they offered to send me this kettle and I thought, you know, what? What? A, why do I need a smart kettle? I mean, come on, I can boil water. You can put water on the stove. You can put water in a regular kettle, you know. It seems kind of silly. So I kind of went into this review going, mm, you're really going to have to sell me on why this is a, a good gadget. But in the end, I was actually kind of sold on it. It's It works really well. It was very easy to set up and you get it connected to any Alexa devices you have in the house. And for those of you who've toyed around with the Alexa smart home, generally Echo and Alexa devices are super easy to set up and they set up really quickly and easily without much work from you involved. So that's great. This kettle was the same. I think a couple taps in the app and it was connected. And then I was able to do things like, you know, if I'm laying in bed and I've just woken up and, you know, I want to start coffee brewing, I could call out to a lady to say, please turn the kettle on. And she'd turn it on. So by the time I get up and, you know, get back out to the kitchen and stuff, the water's almost boiled and then I could make coffee right away. So, and same thing, you know, you're sitting on the couch in the evening, it's time for a nice cup of tea, you know, ordinarily it's not a hardship. I could get up, I could walk to the kitchen, I could put the kettle on, but there's, you know, it's pretty novel being able to ask Alexa to do that for you. And then you only have to make one trip into the kitchen to make the tea. So I was pretty impressed by this. It's got manual controls and it sort of comes with a, almost like a heating, it's not a heating plate, but it's a base that heats the kettle. So it'll sit on top of this base. You can control it manually. There's buttons on it and there's temperature buttons. So if you have somebody in your house who's not very tech savvy, they can just push the button and turn the kettle on and it works great. You can also ask Alexa to set it to a particular temperature. So that if there's a temperature you like for your tea or your hot beverage or your percolator, Jim, you can just ask for that. Actually, I guess you wouldn't pour this into your percolator, but you get what I'm saying. Well, you no, you could though to get it to speed up. Like, you know, you got to get that water. It, the this would probably heat up yeah, the okay. water to a certain temperature first, then pour that in, throw it on the stove to boil it. If you want to do it that way, just a faster sure, way okay. to get. To to the perk. Yeah. Yeah. To the end result for sure. So I was, I was surprised by this. I wasn't expecting much and I kind of thought it would be a bit silly, but I very quickly came around to being a convert smart kettle. Who knew? Yeah. Who would have, who would have thought Uh 1500 watt power rating maximum temperature is 212 Fahrenheit. Uh, and it took five or six minutes to get the water boiling. I think mm -hmm. I can get the water boiling on my stove in about eight minutes, 30 seconds. So mm -hmm. a little bit faster here uh, than taking it. Eh, not a direct test. Who knows the temperature of the water going in? Um, did you, right. did you make, did you make much coffee? Let's get back on this coffee conversation. Cause you coffee <laughs> shamed me. 
on the last show. <laughs> so <laughs> I have, I have done that in the past. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not forgetting that ever, but um, <laughs> did you, did you make pour over coffee? Do you prefer that? I mean, how did you use this to make coffee and do you prefer it this way to make it in a kettle or do you still want to go back to, to making it the way you like it? I like it because I was testing out a an automatic coffee maker about a month or two ago, a Cuisinart automatic one. And then that one went back. Um, that was just on loan. So I used it, reviewed it, and it went back. Um, and then I kind of always just have a pour over setup at home for those times when I don't really have anything to to make coffee with. So that's what I've been doing since the the Cuisinart one went back. And it was, it was great for that because it did boil the water really quickly. The other thing I liked about it too, is that it'll hold it at temperature. So you can set it to say, either hold it like at boiling for, you know, up to an hour or whatever you want, you can change the settings on it. Um, or you can have it sort of hold a, a, a cooler, warm temperature, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I just found that was handy because if I was, you know, not quite ready to get up or, you know, we're watching a show and I'm, the tea is boiling in the, in the kitchen. It's nice to just be able to wait for that commercial break, get up, go into the kitchen. The water's still hot. It hasn't shut off completely. Yeah. So there's some neat little tricks with this smart kettle that were quite handy. You've got a picture on your website of you holding it. And from the pictures on the review, I, I, I thought it was a smaller unit. This is a, this is a fairly hefty unit, right? I mean, it's a pretty, this, how much, how much water can this thing heat up or, or and keep warm? I think that one was about 1.4 liters, if I remember okay. correctly, which okay. ooh, I'm not good at my gallons and my ounces, um, but it made, we should, we should learn the metric system. So 1.4, <laughs> we'll, we'll learn. I need to have a converter, converter yeah, on the fine. side here, but it, um, yeah, I mean, it made a pot of coffee. My pour over is small. It does six cups and I could probably do two pots out of it. So like a 10 or a 12 cup size in that kettle. It was it's certainly more than enough for two of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would you, you know, what I really love is to have a, a, a perk coffee maker that mm. was this, right? Where I could. That was smart. I, yeah, you know, and so put it on, put the water on, go to bed, you know, night before, and then either yes. on a, on a schedule or, yeah. Hey, hey, lady, start the coffee. Mm -hmm. It would heat that water up. It would perk it. And then it would know to stop, then bring it down and then keep it at a constant temperature. That would be a huge win in my opinion for coffee. What do you think? There, ha there has to be somebody working on that because we have the Alexa smart kettle already. There are Alexa smart coffee makers that are those automatic coffee makers that you can get set up the night before and you just call for, you know, call for it to brew or set it on that timer. So, I mean, there are people out there who like their percolated coffee, who like, you know, mm -hmm. French presses. I am sure somebody is working on this because anytime there's a need, technology finds a way to fill it. Yeah, I just think keeping it, brewing it, brewing it automatically, then keeping it warm, but not too warm, right? We, mm -hmm. I've been testing out those. I got it, uh, not testing. Kevin Schoonover sent me for Christmas one of those ember mugs, right? And so I took oh, it wow. to work, right? Put Pour the coffee in, it keeps it hot. It's kind of amazing how after a while, my coffee's been, you know, from time to time, I'll take a paper cup around the office, you know? 
mm-hmm. and it gets cold. And I'm like, oh, this is disappointing. <laughs> what happened to my coffee? <laughs> why, why is this? You know, and I guess I could carry it around. I mean, I guess I could carry it around the office. I just haven't done that yet. But um, I, I'd really love it to bring that temperature up, you know, bring it up, mm-hmm. boil it, perk it, then bring it down to, a, a you know, a one, whatever we're going to keep it at, whatever temperature you want to keep it at. Um, would be good. Mm-hmm. What's the re- what's the retail on this? Did it seem pretty reasonable? That one was. It's not very expensive. Seventy nine dollars US. Oh, which okay. to me, I mean, it's more than a stove top kettle, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you know that it's it's not out of reach for a lot of folks, and it would certainly make a great affordable gift. Yeah, not ter- terribly unreasonable. My daughter makes tea all the time, and she'll mm-hmm. you know you you hear that thing kick on. And, yeah. and then, you know, it, it, uh, it boils the water fast for her. She gets that done and, and has her tea and, uh, maybe this yeah. will be one we'll look at, you know, the next time we need a replacement. How often, when you were testing it, how were you doing it a couple times a day? Do you think to boil water once? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say twice a day, coffee in the morning, tea at night. And then the other thing that, um, that I did put in the review at techgadgetscanada.com and in the video, um, was the only thing I think this kettle is missing. So maybe wait for gen two is there's no notification function. Mm. So it's missing. I mean, it needs Alexa to say, hello, Aaron, your water is ready. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't do that. And there's no push notifications in the app or anything. So I think that was a bit of a missed opportunity on this kettle because it doesn't have that whistle feature. So, you know, I mean, because it boils water so fast, I guess you should just assume that five minutes after you ask for it, it's going to be ready. So go get your stuff. But if you're anything like me, you've become distracted by any number of other things going on in your house and your life. And you're like, oh, right. I put the kettle on. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I use the timers. I use the A lady timer. So I mm. put the, you know, I mix it all to get, get it all set up, put it on stovetop turn it to high. And I know eight minutes is what it takes. So I tell the A lady, yeah, set a coffee timer for, for eight minutes. And as that thing's going off, I'm coming in. It's about 15 or 30 seconds away at that point from where I need to turn it down. It varies because the temperature of the water I put in there to start with is not mm-hmm. always the same, right? Right. Sometimes a little longer, sometimes a little shorter, then turn that to low and say, set a brew timer for six minutes and a brews for six and I pop the thing off. Would be great is if that integrate with a smart stove. That would be the right. Oh, yeah. You know, have a routine, do my coffee routine, and it would just heat it up. Although you do kind of want to find that sweet perk spot in the, you know, in Mm -hmm. in the coffee where you're getting that perfect bubbling and it's, yeah, you can start smelling it. You're like, oh, and then you turn it to low. (laughs) Hope Hope it doesn't boil over. Well, yeah, that is, I'll have to keep, I'll have to keep my eye on some of those. Cause I would, I still would like to go back to an automatic perk, you know, mm-hmm. um, device of some kind. So if you see one, you let me know. And All I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll buy peeled. it. Try, I'll, I'll buy it and try it out and I'll make sure it gets no patina when I'm, when we're. Oh, nice. <laughs> Good job. We are, uh, you're also spent some time looking at a mixer, which, you know, I, I think we're using more and more these days. It seems like that since the pandemic, we've maybe seen that a little bit more 
but you get an opportunity to try out this GE Profile 7 Quartz Smart Mixer. These all have really long titles with AutoSense. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. S7 Max V Ultra Pro. Right. Yes. Name <laughs> the naming conventions are getting a little out of hand. Oh, but this but maybe, mixer, but maybe I was maybe a actually, little pricey, right? Maybe a little pricey on this. Oh, one. yes. This one is, I think it retails for $9.99 and $999. Um, this is the GE profile smart mixer with AutoSense, like you said. Um, I was one of the first um, reviewers, I guess, to get it hands-on in my home. They had these out for CES earlier this year, which is the Consumer Tech Show. But I was able to beg, beg, beg for a temporary loan of one of these devices for a couple of weeks so I could try it out here in my home and really see what it's like to use and if it's useful. So the premise with this is you know, not, not to cross brands here, sorry, GE, but it's essentially like a KitchenAid stand mixer, which we're all familiar with, but it has smarts tied in. So it has Wi-Fi connectivity. You can use voice control with it. You can control it with the app that comes with it. For the most part, it'll work similar to any other stand mixer, but it's also got these recipes that it guides you through. So I think one of the first recipes I made was cinnamon buns. And if you've ever tried to make your own bread or cinnamon buns at home, you know, it can be a bit finicky and tedious and there's, you know, proper kneading and rising time and everything else. So I tried this recipe out and I've got to say, I kept making the cinnamon buns because they turned out perfectly. The oh. machine can tell when the when the dough is mixed to a certain degree. So it knows it's got a torque sensor in the motorhead. So it will tell you like, okay, it's had enough mixing or it sort of knows according to the time that it's gone, how, how much more or less mixing it needs. So these cinnamon buns were fantastic and took almost no time to come together. They do take some time to rise of course, and bake in the oven, but in terms of the mixing and the kneading, it was so easy. So, I mean, on, on that basis alone, I was in love with, with this machine, but there's some things about it that, you know, that are sort of caveats. You can't just call out for it to mix. So if you picture like, you're going to throw a whole bunch of things in a bowl, run across the kitchen to the other side of the room and ask a lady to start the mixer. No, because that's a safety thing right like you don't oh, really want it just sort of turn turning on automatically all on its own yeah, yeah so yeah. it's not as autonomous as you think so yes it has voice control but the voice control will really only operate in at certain times so if you've turned the mixer on remotely or using the app or using your voice um or using the button on top of it i should say you can call out for alexa to stop it but you can't tell her to turn it on so the voice control was kind of like a bit of a novelty that way. Like it's not running all your commands for you, but it's got this app that's connected to it. Um, the integrated recipes worked really well. I think I tried four or five of them and each of them turned out fantastic, especially the bread recipes. And I, I quite like the machine. The machine is it's almost commercial size. It's very big. It's extremely heavy. It weighs over 50 pounds. 
but it's, it's a great machine. It's one of those, you know, if you own a KitchenAid or you've had a chance to use a KitchenAid, you know, that that substantial weight is something that you're going to have in your kitchen for a lifetime. And this feels like a similar type of device that you're always going to have because it's, it's very well-made and well-built and very powerful. does look like a KitchenAid ripoff all the way. I mean, it, almost to the point where it's like they tried to make it exactly the same, but build the smart features in around it to try and get those in. As I heard you talk about it, I, I got the sense or I got the feeling like you know, sometimes it makes you work a little harder than it would if you were just doing it on a manual mixer is that yeah. a is that would that be the case there was an element of that because the way the recipes are you know you can load them on your phone or tablet and you're sort of toggling between the phone and the mixer but it's really not that different than people who pull up recipes on their phone anyway and are toggling between their phone and the mixer but in this case it's just telling the mixer what to do for you so it's it's a different slightly different way of of doing similar tasks, I guess. And of course you can use it completely manually if you wanted to, yeah. if, if there was somebody in the house that wasn't connected and wasn't about to make connected recipes, you could certainly just turn it on and off and up and down and, and use it as you would use any other, but the, the recipes and the ability for it to, to have that torque sensing and understand when things are done or coming to be overmixed. That's the kind of thing where if you're new to baking, new to cooking, and you feel like you do need a bit of that extra help, this would provide that. Yeah. You've done some of the kitchen robots where you put some things in and it does some things and then stuff comes out the other end. How does this compare? <laughs> <laughs> how does this, com how does the experience compare? Uh, and I want to be fair. I think some of these things you get better at after you've done it for a while, you know, with yes, the HelloFresh. We got better at it. Now we barely look mm -hmm. at the recipe. We get the thing in there. Oh, okay. You start, you know, we divide up the, what needs to be chopped. We put some things over here, get a pot of water boiling, you know, get the stove on at 425 fan and you just, right. You just, you get good at it. Do you think the more you use this, there should be one of those tools where you wouldn't think twice about it and it would go a lot faster. I think so. It's it's like learning anything new or when technology tries to integrate with any previously non-smart, you know, appliance. I think there's a bit of a learning curve and there's sort of that initial awkwardness and a bit of a dance with how does the technology work with the appliance and it, it you do get used to it. And I found myself getting used to it fairly quickly. Actually, it would the learning curve was was not very steep. So, yeah. But for a thousand bucks, like that's a lot of money for a mixer. It's a lot of money. Now, listen though, a, a good KitchenAid, like the bigger KitchenAids yeah. of sort of the same size and weight and capacity, um, those are anywhere between, you know, five and 700 bucks. So we're not far off the price. You throw in the smarts, you throw in the technology, you throw in the voice connectivity and stuff. And you can start to see the justification for the price. My sense of this mixer, though, is you might want to wait and see what Gen 2 brings or if there's some firmware updates and, and more recipes that come in with this because there was really only a handful of recipes. They were all really good, but they're sort of limited 
smart ways you can use it right now. And the other thing I was thinking is that KitchenAid can't be far behind this curve. So at some yeah. point, KitchenAid's going to come out with a smart mixer and it'll be really interesting to see what that's like. This device, this GE Profile smart mixer is certainly leading the pack. As far as I know, it's the only smart mixer out there. So it'll be interesting to see what the the rest of the industry comes up with around it. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in it, I bet others are waiting to see, will it float, right? Mm -hmm. Will consumers buy it? Will, will this catch on? I mean, just because we can put smart in devices, right. you know, should we? Um, Joe, Joe made a good comment out in chat. He said, I need cinnamon rolls more <laughs> out of reach, <laughs> not easier. Like he wants Me a too, smart Joe. lockout mode. <laughs> yep. 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 You know, get, get, uh, is there, um, uh, uh, Tony asked a good question. Subscription with this? Mm -hmm. Do they, are they offering anything like that yet? That's a good question. No, the, the recipe access that I was using was not a subscription model. Now, some of these other kitchen robots that you were talking about to go back to something you, you talked about earlier, um, can it do as much as these kitchen robots, like the Thermomix, which I think we've talked right. about here on the yes. show before Thermomix uses a subscription model for those recipes and that connectivity. So this is a bit different that it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point down the road, once we get over that, this is new technology hump, there will probably be a subscription to get more recipes. The other thing about this gadget though, Jim, is that it is just a mixer, something like the Thermomix, the TM6, which I've reviewed before, um, which is that sort of full-fledged cooking, steaming, baking, whipping, cutting, chopping kitchen robot. Um, it does, you know, 22 or 23 kitchen functions. This mixer really only mixes. So you can't chop vegetables in this. You can't, um, you know, you can't cook in it. So something like the Thermomix TM6, which I, I think sells for about $2,000 US or so. It might be fourteen okay. or 1500 okay. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um but, you know, you, you start doing some comparisoning and thinking, should I spend $1,000 on something that will only mix or should I pay a few hundred more dollars and get a device that can do, you know, 20 more things? So the, these these are all the things I like to give people the things to think about and tell them sort of what my experience is with it. And then, you know, your budget and your your needs from that point are, are up to you to decide. I think, though, from what it does do, mixing, whipping, um, um, uh, kneading, kneading. Be, right? Some of those kind, right? Those are very specialized. I'm showing on screen right now some of the attachments for it. Um, it, it also looked like it had, uh, like the like the KitchenAid, it had the front attachment where you could purchase additional uh, a grinder on the front, or there are some other attachments, sifters, I think. Um, the interesting can, thing about, yeah, yeah, I was going to say okay. the interesting thing about that attachment port, Jim, is that it takes KitchenAid attachments. I thought it would. So yeah. real, really nice on GE's part to, you know, for the folks that have those attachments kicking around and I'm not sure how many attachments GE is actually making for this device. So to be able to add that and say, well, you can use the entire lineup of KitchenAid attachments is actually pretty smart on their part. 
Yeah, and there are off-brand KitchenAid, you know, KitchenAid units as mm. well that you can buy, you know, or attachments that you can buy. Um, I think in that area, we wanted to do some of our own, like hamburger or pork, you know, grind pork on the front of that thing. And mm -hmm. I bought an off-brand one. It's it's not great for that. I don't know if I'd ever do that again. Mm. The fatty meats get all caught up in the grinder yep. bit, and it it ends up not working out very well. But um, you know, it, it is one of those things you could, if you did have some of those, you could use them uh, along with it. Um, okay, let's move on because we got a few minutes and I got two more things I want to ask you about. One is, and we'll quickly blow through, blow through this. Do I really need Echo sunglasses? Is this a real thing? It's a real thing, Jim. Oh my the gosh, Amazon I... Echo frames. <laughs> sunglasses okay. that are also headphones. Is that it? Is there any smarts on That's, the inside of them? Or well, you have, of course, a lady is built into to right, the headphones right. to the really? to the sunglasses. Okay. Yeah, this is this is another gadget I I got my hands on and I thought mm, I don't see it <laughs> until I tried it until I tried okay. it. So I mean the 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 toughest thing about these sunglasses slash headphones is that there's really I think one or two styles. So you kind of got to hope they look good on you or you've got to not care how they look on you because you get what you get. But the premise of these is they're simple, plastic, very lightweight sunglasses. And into the side of the arms are built these, I guess they're just small speakers. They're very directional speakers. And they direct the sound sort of right into your ear, right above where they're sitting. So you can be out walking around, you can be driving your car, you can be walking the dog, whatever you're doing. And you don't have to have your ears plugged up with headphones or earbuds. The sound quality on these was actually really surprising. It was very good. And it was really easy to hear what was going on around me and to hear the audio. And of course, you can adjust it, there's volume and everything else. Um, in extremely loud environments, if you're in a really busy high traffic area, um, you know, the noise does get drowned out to some extent, but I think that happens with almost anything you're listening to, whether it's a, a boom box or, you know, certain headphones that aren't really great at competing with ambient noise, but it was, it was kind of nice not to have, you know, if you're walking around, you've got your sunglasses on, you've got your earphones in, you've got your phone with you. And it's, it's one less device to need to carry around with you. So I, I really enjoyed the Echo Frames experience. I thought it was really great for walking the dog. I started listening to podcasts while I was walking the dog every morning and, you know, just, just keeping up on the news that otherwise I'd be like, oh, I'm not going to bring my headphones and I don't want to bring the case and are they charged and forget it. But just being able to pop the sunglasses on, they turn on automatically and you know, I can ask for anything I want to be played. It was, it was a really fun gadget that I didn't know I needed. <laughs> What's the, how much are these? They are, let's see here. Oh, Jim, I didn't write that one down. I think they're about $200. Okay. Uh, um, uh, you get, you can get a pretty good pair of sunglasses for 200 bucks. You know, it's again, it's one of those kinds of things where you're like, you know, okay. So the VR, the, the, uh, Oculus VR goggles do this same yes. kind of sound thing. Right. So in yeah. one of the, one, I think one of the things we don't think about, of course, you're always wearing these in public, 
You're not going to wear sun. Yes. I mean, I guess you could, but you're not going to wear sunglasses around the house, like to listen to your podcast while no. you're cleaning. Right, right. So you're almost always outside and you're always around people. And then your head, they can hear what you're listening to. It's not like it's private at that point. Right now it's close to your head and it's kind of quiet. But, you know, if you're at the pool, everybody else is hearing your stuff. Does that. That the, the way these are built though, they're, they're more directional than that. There was yeah. not, I wasn't finding a lot of ambient bleed of the sound, like to people around me. Certainly if you're cranking them up to full blast, um, you know, they're, they're going to bleed out a bit, but the way they're constructed, they're directing yeah. the sound more into your ears than around you. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're not quite yeah. speakers. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're not, not necessarily broadcasting it, but you right. still hear it. I mean, I as the kids were playing on VR, I was hearing the Beat yeah. Saber music that they were, you know, you knew what they were playing when they were doing yeah. it. So I was thinking, uh, what about battery life? I mean, it, I'm assuming rechargeable, so you're not putting batteries in them, right? Rechargeable battery. What kind of, if you use it on a regular basis, what would you expect? It wasn't that great i'll say i want to say it was like 10 or 12 hours let me just see if i have it handy here um i found i was charging them kind of every couple of days they have a neat little trick though where if you turn them upside down and sort of lay them on the counter or whatever they go into a sleep mode so they don't mm -hmm. they don't die quite as quickly if you do do that um, but I would often forget. So if I just sort of left them laying around, they would die a little bit faster than I, than I really wanted them to. Um, let's just see the battery life on these four hours of nonstop listening. So mm -hmm. good for a couple days of, of, of a one hour dog walk. But you know, if you can't really wear these all day is the trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you, and I, I'm assuming they have the double tap, like the, like you can do on VR where you can double tap it and it does some of those kinds of touch controls. Yep. Absolutely. Touch controls for you. Did you do many phone calls on them? I'm, I'm assuming they do that as well. Did you talk to I did. Yeah. That, that I, I actually really enjoyed that aspect because I would have to generally be on a morning meeting and you know, it's nice to just be able to take that call and take that meeting while I'm out walking the dog and not have to worry about, you know, like I said earlier, toggling the headphones with the hat and a pair of sunglasses mm -hmm. and maybe mm -hmm. one of the headphones is dead and it was convenient. Would you exercise in them outside? Would you take them outside for a run or a bike ride or anything like that? Yeah, I think, I think I could definitely actually bike riding is a good use case that I didn't yeah. try them for, but now I'm going to. <laughs> because again, you don't, you know, between that, having your helmet on and the head strap and you don't need more things to deal with around your head. So I think these would actually be really good for bike riding. I'm going to try that out this weekend. Uh, I, I've heard that you might have a, a new bike that you might be able to try these on. Is that true? I can. I got my first e-bike. Wow. I'm really nice. excited about this. I've been debating getting one. And kind of thought, eh, will I use it? Will I not use it? What am I going to do? So I was really excited to try one out. And I got the opportunity to try out a bike from a company called Juiced. So I got the, it's, I think it's what they call a commuter model. So it comes with some really cool accessories 
um, that make it good for, you know, running to the store or whatever. So it's got a rack on the back. It's got a bell. It's got a really comfortable seat. It has a headlight, um, just a really good package. So that's why I ended up choosing that one. But it's also got a really huge battery on it. Um, I guess both in size and in longevity and distance. It, I, I keep trying to kill the battery. I think I've had it for about three or so weeks now. And the battery is still going. I can't, I haven't had to recharge it yet. So Really? Wow, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And it's so I'm new to e-bikes. So for anybody out there who knows a lot about this, this is going to sound, you know, juvenile, but um it's got pedal assist in it so I can pedal and it will I can adjust the levels of help I get from the bike which I think is so fun. I love that because I get to still sort of feel like I'm working, but I don't have to work that hard. And then of course, if I don't want to pedal at all, I can just, you know, use the throttle and ride it like a tiny motorbike. So it's been really fun trying it out. I didn't, there's so many things I didn't realize about an e-bike. One of the things is they're quite heavy because the battery is quite large and heavy. Mm -hmm. So if you're just riding it on your own, you know, the bike weighs somewhere in the neighborhood of 55 pounds or something yeah, like this. So they're heavy. They're heavy if, duty. if you're doing the work, yeah, it's, it's more work, but you get that extra help from the battery, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've really been enjoying this one. I think it's a fantastic bike. It's a fantastic battery. I think it's really comfortable. I had to assemble it myself out of the box, which I have never done in, history of me, nor do I know really anything about bikes. So I was a little nervous and intimidated about having to assemble it. Um, but it was really only four or five small assembly tasks and <laughs> the bike hasn't fallen apart under me yet. So I think I must've got them right. Juiced actually provided really good instructions and video instructions for how to do it. So I felt pretty confident in it when I was finished. Yeah. I showing some of the packaging there. It looks pretty pretty robust from a, a shipping perspective. Now, wait a minute. You, you live in Canada. It snows all the time. You're only going to get to ride the bike four months a year, five months, <laughs> two, a year, two right? weeks of the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it really that bad or is, is no, is it it's, more friendly? I than mean, that? it's the cold. It's, it's more friendly than that. But I mean, if anybody out there who, you know, bikes to work or, or likes to cycle for fun and stuff, I mean, you, you've got gear and, and cold weather, you know, gloves and hats and leggings and things that you're going to put on. You can certainly bundle up against it. I'm way more of a fair weather cyclist. Mm -hmm. If yeah. it's raining or snowing, you know, if it's inclement, I'm not super inclined to go out on it. But I got this one because I wanted to be able to, to just go to the store, to grab a few groceries, to pick up a bottle of wine for supper, to, you know, dash over to the library and drop off, you know, a couple books without always having to get in the car. So we, the neighborhoods that we spend time in are really conducive to that. So I just thought, you know, if, if I'm ever going to do it, it might as well be now and let's see what it's like having a bike. And if I can, you know, if I can, if I can make that leap to, to using my car a little less. Yeah. I've often thought of picking up, I'm, I'm a 10 mile straight shot from where I live to Gallup 
and it's a pretty easy, there's one stretch of road where it's a little sketchy, but you just go really fast to get through it. Right. And, um, I've often thought of getting, a. I mean, I used to, I've ridden it on a regular bike before an e-bike would be even easier. I have a showering facility at work, so I could bike oh, there perfect. and even, you know, right. Shower and get ready. So I've been thinking about, do you think they got really hot during the pandemic? I mean, you couldn't find the bike. Right, yeah. Right. Do you feel like that's settling down and bikes are available and prices are pretty reasonable? I do now. I've been in a few bike shops because I've been sort of looking around and seeing what's out there and certainly pricing out some of the accessories that I wanted for the bike. And I think it has gotten better. I'm by no means an expert in in the bicycle market, but um, I would say the juiced bike arrived within about a week, week and a half, I think it was. So that was fairly quick. It was a little quicker than I was expecting. Um, and just the last time I looked on their website, when I was writing my review up, um, it seems like they have them in stock. So yeah, it might, it might be a good time to, to start thinking about that. Yeah. I saw in your review, it's got a spot for one of the tags, a hidden air tag compartment for security and tracking. Did you put an air tag in there? And it's, that's something you'd find. Of course I did. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I did. No, it's actually so smart because, um, the way they've built this, there's sort of security built into it. You can unlock the battery from the bike and take it with you so that nobody can sort of make off with the bike and under power. Um, but they've hidden this little AirPod or I mean, uh, air tag compartment inside the battery and it's not access. It's not easily accessible and it's not obvious. So if you've got it attached to the bike and it's locked onto the bike, and the air tag is in there. I mean, if somebody ever did try and take off with your bike, we've all heard those stories about, you know, luggage and everything else and dogs and, you know, missing bags and stuff getting found mm-hmm. with air tags. Mm-hmm. So you would be able to track your bike down in a heartbeat and get it back. And I just thought that was such a smart option. I have no idea if every bike is doing this. Cause like I said, this is my first e-bike, but I thought how smart is that? That's just a very clever design feature that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, um, you know, it sounds like the battery is a, is a, is well-built, well-designed for that bike. I think you said about 28 miles per hour top speed, which is I think about average for that. And then about a hundred mile, slightly terrifying. Miles of distance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I, that's my <laughs> going fast on bikes. Is my I do too, thing. but yeah. When you're not used to it, the, there was two right. things I had to get used to. And one of them was the speeds that you can get up to on a bike And the other was because it has the pedal assist in it, you know, when you go to ride a bike, you sort of tee up the pedal and then you like go to step down on the pedal so that you can get some of that forward momentum when you start. Well, with this, because it's assisted, it just, it will rock it forward with you if you're not (laughs) expecting it. So the first time I got on it and went to like step down on it, it shoots forward. And I was like, holy crow. (laughs) You're, you're holding on legs, legs are coming off the back. Oh yeah. 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 But it was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, once you get used to that, we were talking about having to adapt and just get used to, to new things yeah. in technology yeah, yeah. and stuff. It was fantastic. Yeah. And I'm certainly used to it now and I love it. So I'm ready for that. It's like, don't try and beat me off the, off the jump car. I got you. <laughs> it is fun. We have the B cycles, which are the community ones. You can get a subscription to them. You just check them out. Mm. You can ride them all around downtown. They're all electric now. They used to be manual, like, and they were heavy Trek bikes. Oh yeah. Nobody wanted to ride them. They 
made them all electric and now they're <laughs> everybody wants to ride them they're pretty great uh tony wants to know uh snow tires uh do, do they have do they can you have, have you ridden <laughs> no in the snow be, yet? because i'm fair weather i wouldn't do that i i actually don't know if they offer snow tires i think they that you can swap in any kind of specialty tires that you want anyway so if you i don't know do they make do they make studded tires for bikes that's not something i think I they would, do I think I they do. It. Yeah. For yeah. the adventure bike people that, that would go out and do all those things. Yeah. No, they make everything. There's, there's nothing they don't make these days. If you yeah. can imagine it, I mean, if they have thousand dollar mixers, if you can imagine it, it's, yep. it's made available. I, I did go out and get a smartphone mount for the handlebars though, so that I can have yeah. my, you know, my for directions sure. and for my sure. phone within yeah. eye shot and stuff. And, and not safe, a so. magnetic one, one that actually grips the phone. So when you yes. juice that thing and take off, your phone doesn't drop and smash under the back. Tire, exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, I need to let you go, but I, before I do, what's coming up at techgadgetscanada.com that you, uh, you got anything coming up exciting? You want to you pimp before you take off? Let me see. What do I have? I've got a whole bunch of stuff coming. I'm doing a bunch of speaker reviews, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, some stuff from Tribit, some stuff from Bose. So as we head into spring and summer season where you kind of want to have those speakers for camping in the backyard, I'm going to put together a bunch of speaker reviews. I have uh, Roborock's new S8 Pro Ultra robot vacuum and mop review is coming out probably within the next week or so. So that's Roborock's newest, biggest flagship. Um, speaking of robot vacuums, Ecovax has released a couple of new vacuums as well, um, taking its flagship line up another level. So as far as I know, I think I have those all coming to me for reviewing this spring. So those will be on tap. And I'm looking around the test kitchen here to see what else I have. <laughs> Any toothbrush? Trying another smart scale. Toothbrushes. Yes, I'm going to try. Philips has uh, a new toothbrush and a new water flosser out that I will be able to get my hands on with probably in the next month or so. Nice. So definitely. And I know how much you like to talk about I toothbrush do. technology. So we will talk. I do. And yet I'm still, I, I, you know, I even got the okay to do the robot vacuum cleaner and I just having trouble pulling the trigger on one. There's so many different options and you do it. What do I, how do I, what the, do I, and I just, I haven't pulled the trigger. I need to. But I that's the hardest thing about tech. That's uh, that's where the reviews really come in handy, I right? Know. They do for sure. Aaron, um, thanks for coming out. If you want to get more info on Aaron, techgadgetscanada.com. Make sure you follow her on YouTube as well. Lots of great videos coming out. Click the notification bell so you get all the notifications because you're going to get, you're probably what, a couple of, couple, a couple of week, three, four a week? Yeah, I think I'm up to three, four a week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So make sure you're you're getting notified of it. Aaron, thanks for coming out. Have a great evening and we'll see you in, I don't know, two or three months. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me and thanks to your you audience bet. for listening in. I'll talk to you, you soon. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, on the way out, uh, uh, Jay is saying he'd like to get an e-bike and uh, so maybe he'll jump in there and get that done uh, here. Thanks, uh, uh, Jay, for coming out tonight. Aaron, Aaron's always great to have on. It's, this is this is an easy thing. I I just just uh, kind of wind it up and let her go. She always she's got a lot of great content and a lot of great stuff. So uh, appreciate her coming out. Okay, a couple reminders on the way out. One, guys, you can keep throwing stuff in chat if you want to I'll, as I close the show up. A couple reminders on the way out. When don't forget to use if you're thinking about jumping on the Nespresso bandwagon and you want 
40 bucks off your first machine. Uh, you can do that right now. Head out to Nespresso.com, MQU328. Get $40 off your first machine. I think they'll even give you a little uh, dispenser to hold the capsules, a little capsule dispenser um, as well. So if you're drinking bad coffee, stop. Stop doing it. Drink good coffee. Get some Nespresso. And uh, use that code MQU328. Get $40 off your first machine. I mentioned it on the show. Uh, don't forget HelloFresh. Uh, HelloFresh is, is, is up to savings. They're now offering $110 off your first five boxes. Try for a couple weeks, three, four, five weeks. See if you like it. It's changed my life. And um, Joe, thanks for that. Uh, appreciate you, you coming out. So, like I said, always good to have Aaron out here. Uh, give HelloFresh a try. We we're still do two, doing two meals of work. It it works for us. It may not work for everybody. If you got yeah, if you got picky kids or you're picky, eh, maybe maybe not. But uh, give it a try. Uh, get that deal. Head out to uh, HelloFresh. Head out to Average Guy. The Average Guy. <laughs> there we go. The beer's settling in. Head out to theaverageguy.tv/hellofresh and get that done. You can also contact the show. Send me an email. Jim at theaverageguy.tv. Find me on Twitter. I still am doing Twitter at Jake Collison if you want to join us out there. Join us in the Discord group, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff while you're out there. Guys, thanks for coming out tonight. It's been a long couple weeks. Um, I got a, We've got a couple shows. I, I guess I need to go back to that. Uh, it's time for me to start scheduling again. So uh, we'll get some folks on. I think I've got Mark Robson. Uh, in about three weeks, we're going to do some grilling. But it sounds like this weekend I'm going to need to get some more on the schedule. So we'll we'll have more coming. Uh, we are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Love it when you guys come out and listen. If you're listening to this as a podcast, come out and join us live sometime. It'd be a ton of fun to, ton of fun to have you out here. Just kind of goof around. Got a good chat room. Joe, Brian, Jay, Tony. Saw Ken a little bit earlier. Thanks for coming out. Always appreciate it. Always fun. Always a good time. I'll be back next week. I think. I think we're all set. Thanks for coming out. With that, we'll say goodbye.